Hey guys, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, before we get started, I want to give a special thank you to a listener who goes by Mongolian Chop Squad on Mongolian Mongolian Chop Squad. I think that's his name. I think they're the Yeah, so Mongolian Chop and then underscore Squad on Instagram because he alerted me to a program hitch in the publishing of last week's episode um, on... Sorry, I'm a little out of it. Uh, to the publishing of last week's episode on Dr. Stone. Apparently, I somehow wires got crossed and the, the actual episode content of Promare went on the end of the Dr. Stone episode, meaning the bulk of the episode was about Promare instead of Dr. Stone. I fixed it, so if you listen, if you started to listen to the Dr. Stone episode and you were like, what's happening here? This is fucked. Go back and listen to it. It's fixed now. Um, I had a lot of fun talking about that show for a lot of the same reasons that I'm going to be talking about the show that we're covering today which I want to jump into right now, actually, instead of just, like, wasting. And if you did listen to the Dr. Stone episode, by the way, thank you for listening. Um, But I want to jump straight into it because this is going to be an interesting one. So, without further ado, this week we're talking about Fully Cooly Progressive.
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll probably remember that I talked about Fooly Cooly a long time ago, and what I like to refer to as the dark days, when it wasn't just sometimes with a program hitch, when it was Alex, the internet, Alex's internet isn't working at his house because the power's out, so he goes to the library and he writes, he literally writes RSS code straight from his noggin on the library computer inside of his Tumblr blog so he can post an episode. It was it was really awful. It was deeply awful, like really bad. But in that episode, the it was less about FLCL the show and we'll talk about FLCL as a property this time round. Quiet. I'm yelling at my smart assistant, um, my, my Alexa device, but, um, (laughs) I'm sorry if I triggered yours, um, but I talked about what that show meant to me personally, and what that show meant to me personally, if you haven't heard that episode, although I encourage you to go listen to it, I can't tell you what I said, but I know it'll be more than what I'm gonna say here about that episode, um, is basically... That show and FLCL as a thing, as a manga and a sh- and then a six-episode show, like introduced me to people and connected me to people in a way that I that I hadn't been that I had been connected to people by anime before, but in 
in a really significant way. I ended up knowing one of the people who I was better, who I was really good friends with until for the entirety of my um, high school life, a girl named Kelly, who was the older sister of a girl who I, of a girl who was in my grade who I knew, and what had happened was I lent her younger sister the my two volumes of FLCL manga, and Kelly ended up absconding with it <laughs> and keeping it for like weeks on end and dissecting it. And then it came back to me and like on her time, not on my time. I was like, who is this chick? This is odd. And then I got to high school and I met Kelly and we ended up becoming really good friends and really close for many years. And so what I'm trying to say is FLCL already has this like cult status, but for me and a lot of people around me in, like, the middle school, in the late middle school, all of high school world, it was not just a cult status show, it was a, a communal show, and it, it, it helped create a framework for what anime fandom can be at its best, which is connecting us to other people not just being a solitary thing that we, you know, shut ourselves up in our rooms or shut ourselves up in our apartments or houses and watch something of our own accord. A huge part of anime, wherever you are, is connecting you to a community. Um, okay, so, real talk, I got into TikTok this week. It's like, shit went bad. Like, I stayed up at, for hours watching TikTok. But what really, like, A, amazed me, B, terrified me, and C, like, heartened me about TikTok is that TikTok quickly shifted from, as soon as I signed, made the executive decision to sign up for an account and not just scroll through it, as soon as I signed up for TikTok and started, like, making TikToks, you can follow me on it now. I don't know what my username is because I used the Apple sign-in thing. But, um, I think my username is... Give me a second. If you have TikTok, my username is... Oh, stop it. My username is... There it is. My username, I have a weird username. I'll post it somewhere, but I have a weird username. But, um, so, basically, I was surprised at, A, how quickly TikTok, like, was like, this is what he's into, this is what we should show him, this is, like, as soon as I followed a couple people and liked a couple things, it was like, this is what you see now. And as soon as I recognized that, I figured out how to steer it. But it, there will always be a little bit of the algorithm being like, he definitely likes anime. He's, he's okay with cosplayers. Let's show him anime cosplay shit. Go! And what stunned me about that is, like, there's a... So this happens with lots of young social media platforms. There's a closeness to people on there, and there's an honestness to people on there. It is not like, it is not yet like the, inst 
like Instagram or like, oh god, Twitter or definitely not like Facebook where there, not only is the performance going on, but there's like a distance to that performance. Like tick, the thing that makes TikTok kind of super fun is it feels like there's less distance between you and the performer. Like the performer is performing something they really want to do and yes, the algorithm has rewarded them for it, but it's the the you don't feel like that they're doing something necessarily for the algorithm so much as the algorithm is promoting what they want you to see. And that's a different thing. Like, um, if you look at YouTube, lots of people make con make content that they know the algorithm wants to see and will push them to the top. Same thing with um, same thing with Twitter. Same thing with Facebook. Same thing with Instagram. With TikTok and the reason why Facebook. Facebook has this, like, weird looping thing that they're using to try and compete with TikTok. Um, but with TikTok, it feels less forced. It feels like people are showing up to have fun, at least still. Like, you know, people are showing up to do bad dances in their cosplay. People are showing up to, like, lip-sync anime songs. Uh, you know, I... Uh, one of the one one of the first ones I did was I lip synced a a verse of Open Mike Eagles Welcome to Beatdown City, which is like all of my interests crystallized in a song because it's about obscure graphic design software and anime fights, basically. Um, I but it. it, it it has that same, like, closeness of community and, like, communal feel that you get from the, without, now granted, without the real world implications and benefits that you would get from, like, hanging out with people and you're all, you've all seen the same shows and you all have the same base knowledge and stuff like that. But, so, watching... FLC Progressive didn't... This is where I'm going to do my bad transition into the actual topic. Surprise, surprise. It didn't really... It didn't come easy to me. And I struggled to figure out why until I was, like, watching it. I still haven't finished it entirely, but i am got, like, two episodes left, so... And a six-episode thing for me normally would be like, Okay, that's an afternoon. I can just watch that and be done. But the reason why I had such a why I had such a difficult time watching FLCL is because it, not only internally did it mean a lot because lots of people love FLC the original FLCL and they like are diehard fans of it. But if that was true for me, if that was the only way it was true for me, it was it would be easier for me to watch it because I would want to watch more of it. But what is true for me, and I suspect some other people, is that FLCL occupies a different, like, space in their brains. Uh, for, and for me, and, may, and probably some of you out there, it occupies a space in my brain of, 
that's the thing that, you know, introduced me to my friend's older sister who I became amazing friends with. And that's the thing that got us to, you know, obsess over an uh, issue of Anime Insider when we were in when we were at lunch in high school one day that had a whole article about the pillows and we were fascinated. That's the, that's the show that we used to joke. Like if you listen to the soundtrack while reading the manga with the anime on in the background on mute, your brain would literally explode because none of it makes any sense. And it would just cause so much cognitive dissonance that your brain would be like, Nope, pop. Like a water balloon. Um, <laughs> but, and, like, it's all tied in with these, like, memories and experiences I had that weren't, that weren't directly related to the property, but the property was responsible for. Because once I knew Kelly, I got to know her then-boyfriend, who I occasionally bump into, digitally and in real life still and like we have to plan to use his vcr to use his dvd player to record every episode of samurai shampoo as it played on adult swim spoiler alert we did not do that you know i remember i remember standing under a giant magnolia what i think is a giant magnolia tree but it's probably not um, to meet an old friend of mine from middle school so we could, you know, talk and trade manga and trade DVDs and tapes and all this other stuff. And because FLCL is so firmly part of that, part of, like, a very formative part of my experience as an otaku in the world, it was hard for me to say, like, okay, let's dive back, let's, like, dive into the, like, not, and I don't want to say that FLCL, either, either a season two or three is a cash grab, because I don't think it is, and I'll get to why in a second, but, like, let's dive into the commoditization of my nostalgia for times past, and, like, now, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I go see a lot of movies. You know I go see basically every Marvel movie at some point. And the nostalgia there is different because it's nostalgia for just the property for me. It's not nostalgia for a, like a time and a place and a very specific like period of my life. Where, sure, I was fucked up, everybody's fucked up as a teenager, but I was, like, extra fucked up. But, like, it was nostalgia for a... For periods of time, in within that period of time, where I wasn't... Where I was just with everybody else, and I was with my friends, and I was with, like, people who under understood me and appreciated me and, you know loved me for who I was and I loved them for who they were and, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that after, that once you go away from it, you want you want it to be left in the world of dreams because it, 
nothing will ever be that specific and beautiful ever again. And it had nothing to do with, like, I'm saying high school was the best years of my life. High school was dog shit. My, my few friends and, like, my links to them are what got me through it. And when I went to attempt to watch FLCL, I was like, eh, I don't really want to, like, I don't want to fuck with this. I don't want to fuck with, I don't want to fuck with FLCL, the property, which will fuck with my, like, experience of those times in, in my memory. And, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cross the streams, basically. Until I said, you know, this is, this is a little concerning that, like, I don't want to watch this, like, 12 episodes of this show for this reason. So I sat down and I watched it. And what I found in Progressive, I have not got to Alternative yet, one step at a time, um, was interesting. Because where the original FLCL is all about coming, uh, coming of age and, you know, dealing with your emotions, dealing with your hormones, certainly. Oh my god, dealing with your hormones. FLCL Progressive is about that... Is, is not only about that for female characters, for, for um, the female, for mostly female cast, but it also seeks to almost dissect Haruko, and based on what I've heard about Alternative, that is true in Alternative as well, in that you have Haruko, and you have, I forget her name, um, the, like, other view that's, like, significantly more, like, punk, modern punk rock chick as her, as a foil to her, but what so what the first episode does is the first episode, it 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 has this like bomb, and the whole thing is amazingly animated. I should point out, it it, it is clear that the people, and I should know the people who did this, the people who took this property over have a lot of respect and reverence for the kind of thing that FLCL represents, which is a artistic project in which. The artists are in charge, and they, like, go all out all the time. So, the first ep- and the first episode is like, here we go. This is what, it's like, FLCL means amazing, over-the-top, insane animated action. Go. And, but by the end of the first episode, they have this, like, revving up of the engine to the introduction of Haruko. And... It was, I heard um, Zach Birchie on Anime News Network when way back when FLCL alternative um, progressive and alternative initially premiered um, say that, like it felt it felt weird and like uh, like like pandery because there like the entire cat the entire like class in the show is freaking out over Haruko being their teacher, except for the two main characters, Ida and, um, I think Hijimi? Or, I think Hijimi is her name. Or, yeah, let's go with Hijimi. 
of just like, this is weird, this probably isn't good, and they're like staring at each other like, oh, fuck, this is probably bad, right? This is bad, right? And what the show sets up is that the show is incidentally about Hijimi as a character and Hijimi as coming coming grips with her own like reality and hormones and feelings for Ida, the like male love interest. And like not growing up so um in the original FLCL it was about Naruto growing up and growing into himself. In Progressive, it's not about Hijimi growing up, it's about Hijimi acknowledging herself, if that makes any sense, because it the show the for most of for most of if not the entire show, Hijimi wears these like caddy or headphones. And those headphones serve two purposes. They serve the purpose of, like, being the gun that ultimately fires in every episode, basically. But also, they create a barrier for her. She is protected from the world. She can still hear people if she chooses, but if she doesn't want to hear them, she can turn on music or she can just pretend she doesn't hear them. And it's very clear that no one's ever messed with her headphones, and no one's ever said, like, hey, take those off. Because I think this is reflective of now and modern times, and, like, the 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 things we afford people that makes to make them comfortable even at the um what's it called even at the expense of ourselves so perf- I'll, per- I'll I'll give you an example from my life I have a lot of anxiety I don't I don't handle I have a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress I don't handle the world well and when I get like ramped up and angry, I don't, I don't, I don't come down sometimes for days. Like the, I don't come down from like the like cycle of anger for days, and I'm, and that gets me like out of shape, really tired, and just like I don't. It's not like I come down, back down to a normal level. It's like I collapse into apathy, if that makes any sense. And I've had this for, I've had this problem for a long time. And to deal with that, I started using CBD jewel pods. Like, I, I don't smoke. I don't smoke nicotine specifically. But what I did decide to do is like, hey, this seems like the most cost-effective option so I bought I bought a jewel. I made sure to get one without the nicotine pods. I bought CBD only jewel pods, and I use that 
as my like that that is my like keep myself level keep myself like put like put keep myself on the ground kind of thing now i when i first started using them i was a little too liberal one day and got super space cadet like and way they were like oh i need to pay attention to that that could go bad but that's like but that relates to how people are allowed to use nicotine as a crutch. I still walk past people and they smell like a pack of marbles. And we don't assume anything of it because it's seen as a legal way to just have a release. And the headphones in Hebeji's headphones are similar in that they're like her... They're like her comfort blanket. They're like they're a comfort blanket in the same way that me pulling on my jewel as I walk down the street just so because I, I know I'm going to walk into something stressful is to me. Me knowing that's there at all is to me. And it's... Uh, and then the rest of it, as the whole show happens, it forces her into acknowledging, like, like I know, I know that it makes you uncomfortable. Thinks that you wanna, you wanna fuck, but yo, you wanna fuck, and like the whole show opens with dream sequences, one an episode where it's like a different version of like, you wanna fuck, and it's like, it's so. It's so obvious that they're doing that, but the, with the way they do that, is they like relate like being eaten alive to being to wanting to be like desired in that way, like, falling apart in front of someone to to wanting to be someone to witness that, and it it's a really and it's not it's not. It's not ge- that's not necessarily gender specific, but it is a really smart understanding of how close those things are to like love and desire and lust and all of that stuff. That isn't exactly uncommon because there's nothing new in the world, but it's more mature, it's more mature and more understanding of what, of translating those things into real, in, into a feeling than lots of stuff usually is. And that's not new ground for FLCL. FLCL has kind of always done that as a property. But what is also really interesting about this show is it reveals Haruko for what she is. Because in... FLCL, by the time you realize what Haruko is and what she's attempting to do, the show's almost over. So, this gives you six more episodes, and then another, it gives you basically 12 more episodes to see Haruko kind of spin out of control and kind of. and see her irrational anger and see her desire. And in the, I forget the other the other one's name, the other punk rock chick with the car's name. But 
you realize they're both chasing after the same thing. They're both chasing after this object, not just of love, of lust, but of love for both of them. And it's a difference comes in the way that they act and the way that they attempt to achieve it. And Haruko is ready to get to Adamisk any way she fucking knows how. Bar none, every time. The other the other woman is like, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a way to do this that doesn't involve what could or couldn't be child murder. <laughs> and there's got to be a way to do this that doesn't involve, like, breaking, breaking people apart, basically. And... I, but Haruko is so... Consu- in... The first, so, there are degrees to having seen FLCL. The first time you see FLCL, you get some of the meta context of Haruko, the, the original show, not Progressive. The second time you see it, you start to notice it more. And then, time after time after time after time, you start to realize that Haruko is chasing Adamisk. That Adamisk keeps slipping through her fingers constantly. And that she is upset. She is. Some. You've probably seen Aladdin, right? Not the new one. The new one is. Dog shit. The original animated. 1990 something. 1994, I think. Disney Aladdin. Haruko is a boo staring at the ruby. She is. All she wants is that ruby. And she can never have it, ever. Even when she grabs hold of it, it melts. And as a result, she keeps trying to get to the ruby. She keeps trying to get to Adamus. She keeps keeps trying to be with this being that she just is incapable of being with. But because... She was with him at some point. The dream consumes her. And so what ends up happening in this show is it it drags, it's all the other, it's Haruko drags all the other cast members kicking and screaming through FLCL Progressive and she ends up it's clear that she's learning the wrong lessons and that she wants to... She she does not care about the cost of her goal. She only cares about seeing it. And in... The original FLCL, by by the end of it, after she gets pissed off at Naota, because Naota has... has taken what she wanted... Naota has basically taken the ruby and eaten it, for all intents and purposes. She realizes that it wasn't his fault, that it wasn't him who let it slip away. It was her, and she moves on. And the other interesting thing about this show is it is it feels clear that you're in 
Mabase again. You're not Mabase. Um, actually, maybe Mabase. It might be Mabase. I forget what the name of the town is. In because there's the iron on the hill, but also there's multiple irons in a way that doesn't make sense unless it was the town from the original FLCL. And this is supposed to be like an alternate version, FLCL alternate. Actually, I think progressive is supposed to be the continuing of the story. Alternative is supposed to be like a different story. But, um, I could be wrong about that. Tune in after I watch alternative. But, basically, you get the real feeling that you're in the town that got, that almost got ironed flat the first time. And there's all these little touches, like the giant irons everywhere, there's massive damage. The like the Ida, the the main male character, lives in a straight up like shamble fucking shanty town. And it it seems like she came back and found different kids. And Nauta could be somewhere in the town. You, you get this strong feeling that Ida is Nauta's son. <laughs> or some crazy horse shit. And just the whole, the whole show starts to feel like it's about Haruko fucking everything up again to, in the name of her in the name of putting her hands around the ruby one more time. And when you look at that uh, the earlier assessment of like everybody being so amazed at Haruko kind of proves wrong. It, it proves totally wrong because what the show has to say about Haruko is not that she is this, like, idol of, of anime fandom that anime fans want to believe she is. It's that she's fucked up. She's not the goal in this show. She was never the goal in FLCL. The goal is to have some kind of journey in the way that Naota has a journey, or in the way that Hibiji or, or Ida has a journey. The goal isn't to be Haruko, because Haruko, what Haruko represents, both in the original FLCL and now in this one, but it's made clear in, it's made clear in this one, is Haruko represents someone chasing after their past. Someone who isn't satisfied with as I said in the beginning of this episode, their past remaining in the their past remaining in the realm of dreams and memory. She represents the someone who wants their past back. Wants it, <laughs> and I I I'll get to what this sounds like in a second. She represents someone who wants the past to be the present again to be. She wants her world to be great again, basically. She wants she want, she to make FLC great again. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. God damn it. 
fuck. I said it. But, it, and the show openly says that she's not in the right. She is the villain of the show. She is the kind of, like, driving force of the original FLCL when you first see it, but this show recontextualizes her as the villain of the entire thing because she is not help helping these kids discover themselves. She is forcing them to, and she is abusing them and making them discover themselves so that she can have what she wants. And that, 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 that... <sighs> so, you can cut a loaf of bread with a kitchen knife, or you can cut it with a katana. Both ways accomplish a cut piece of bread, but one is done by a normal human. The other is done by an insane person. And do they both accomplish the same thing? Yes, you get sliced bread both ways. But is one more logical and more, like, okay in the world? Yes. You, you don't want to promote people cutting, slicing bread with samurai swords. That starts a bad precedent. So, basically what I'm saying is that Haruko is the person trying to cut the bread with the samurai sword, but it gets it done, but it doesn't get it done in a way that is healthy or okay. Um, and, and also I would imagine cutting bread with the samurai sword is very messy, and the, her process of getting to Adamisk is very messy, whereas, um, I forget, I really forget that other character's name. The other girl, the girl with the 1950s, like, blue, sky blue, um, cruiser car, is, like, she wants, she also wants to get to Adamus. She is also chasing after the ruby, so to speak. But she wants to do it in a way that gets her there and the world is still whole at the end. And it it just it just it's really it just it's interesting to me that that, that this show that FLCL progressive seeks to say to everybody that what you had, you had. You can't have it. Like, even if you do have it again, even if it is the same, it will not be the same. It will not feel the same because time has moved forward. Time has left the past in the past for a reason. And... In a world that is all about nostalgia and in a property that is had life breathed into it by nostalgia, FLCL Progressive seems to want to say to people that somehow the nostalgic inclinations that we all have aren't 
the best idea. They aren't the best for us, and that they won't help move the world forward, but it may trigger some moves forward in the process of us getting to it. In the process of us getting a Spider-Man movie, we had to have a conversation about you know, brands and brand ownership and ownership of ideas and ownership of characters because Sony and Disney got in a fight over money because of the value of nostalgia. It it, it, it boggles the mind. You know, Di Disney is coming out with a its own streaming service and it will take all of our money It'll take all of our $6 a month. And that height of nostalgia will rock the world of entertainment because it will say, you can make money, you can make a profit off of $6 a month when Netflix is about to hike its um, pricing up to $17 a month. When... And then Apple's going to come out and it's using the nostalgia of Oprah to sell you something at $5 a month. It, it, and all of that triggers good things down the road, but is it right that it's all built on the back of memories? Of memories we can never, we can never really achieve again. And I think that's what FLCL Progressive wants to tell people, wants to tell its audience, is it wants to tell its audience that, like, yes, this is in the same universe with some of the same characters, but we don't have an interest in rehashing the world constantly, and rehashing and relitigating everything constantly. That's why we made the main character Hifuji. That's why we we are having a conversation explicitly about, like, desire, and because of the gender-coded character, female desire this time, because we want to have the conversa a conversation that we didn't have last time, that we aren't interested in having again. The next theory, the next season has a female character, so you won't even get it there. Give it up. The yellow Vespa drove away, and it's not coming back. And if I was a good, if I was like a good podcaster, that would be a hard cut, but I'm not. So, um, but that's really my thought process on it, on this whole experience of watching just another six episodes of FLCL. God damn it, what will happen to me when I watch the last six episodes. I'm going to take a break from it for a while, I think. But, um... On that note, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, which was significantly more introspective than I ever expected it to be. I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this show, like Mongolian underscore... Like Mongolian chop underscore squad on Instagram did, you can... Leave me a five-star review in your podcast emporium of choice. And you can subscribe and listen to the previous episode on the original FLCL, as well as all the previous episodes. A uh, big highlight for me was 
was the previous episode that was on Promare. I loved going to see that movie in theaters. I loved talking about it the third day after. Um, but until next time, I've been Alex, and I'll talk to you later. Killing power.